Hey everybody, this is your mouthy mama, Shelly, from Talking Trash and Truth. It is Monday, September 26th, 2022, and I'm hoping that you will have a lovely week coming up. Today started real early for me. Um, I started off with little to no sleep, and that's how my whole day is going, so I'll be turning in very early tonight, which means I will miss my Ricada, I will miss League of Mindset, I'll miss Sharon Balance, I'll miss Cool Frog, I'll miss them all. But for now, sleep is more important because I have to be up at like four in the morning to get ready so that I could go to a vein specialist and see what's going on with the lymphedema in my legs. Uh, quick update, today I went to the pulmonologist didn't really get much accomplished, but she ordered a sleep study, so hey. And tomorrow I go to the vein specialist because today, well, really yesterday, my leg decided to, instead of being all swollen, it was going to break open and start weeping. So that's what I'm dealing with right now. It doesn't hurt. It's really gross feeling because my leg keeps dripping. Um, but it is what it is. Do me a favor, everybody. If you're having pain in your legs or swelling, go see a doctor. Don't put it off. If you have, you know, itchy skin but no rash, go see a doctor. If you have headaches but don't know why you're getting headaches, go see a doctor. I put off going to the doctor for so long and... By the time I got to the doctor after being all locked up, you know, because I was worried about getting COVID, which <laughs> I never got, by the way, um, I have all these other things wrong with me. So it's just, it's great. I got Lyme and now my brain, heart, kidneys, legs, joints, muscles, blood, they're all fucked up. So that was an F-bomb dropped real early, but oh. So do me a favor, guys. If you're not feeling right, and you all know your bodies, you know when you feel off. Even if it feels slight, go have it checked out. Do me the favor. Do it for me. Stop putting yourself last. That's what always happens with me. It's always the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids. Then it was the kids, the job, the kids, the job. Then it was kids, the job, the friends. Kids, jobs, friends. Kids, jobs, friends. I didn't have a place in that, you know, I guess, priority list. I didn't give myself the attention I deserve, the attention I needed. And now I'm paying for it. I am paying for taking care of other people before I took care of myself. Because now I can't take care of anybody. And there's not a whole lot of people out there who are willing to take care of me. There's one, in fact... And that would be my son. If it wasn't for my son making the meals and dumping the garbage and doing the laundry and all that good stuff, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, my daughter helps out where she can, but I lean a lot heavier on her. <sighs> so my week is today was the pulmonologist. Tomorrow is the vein surgeon. Wednesday is my general 
practitioner and Thursday is the eye doctor to figure out why I'm seeing double and why I can't see close up anymore because apparently that's what it's done to my brain as well. So loads of fun this week, loads of fun, which means I'm going to be tired and cranky and I really hope I get to do my shows this week. I apologize to anybody who's waiting for Thursdays, though I doubt there's anybody out there who's waiting for Thursday or Saturday. Um, I had some audio issues. I could not get the um, audio to both make the mic and the headphones work. It was one or the other. And I don't know how I fixed it, but apparently I fixed it. I think I fixed it. I don't know. I know I can talk. I don't really need to hear myself, but it was really, it was aggravating me and I didn't want to do a bad show for you guys. So hopefully Tuesday night, tomorrow night at seven o'clock Eastern, I will be able to do the tarot cards because I really enjoyed that last time and there were quite a few people who liked it and I would like to make it, you know, a weekly thing. I'd like to be more reliable with that. Thursdays are a little iffy because a lot of people tend to do streams that I want to be on. So I don't know if I want to do my own or do theirs or maybe one and then the other. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Now, as for current events, we have this hurricane going on that is going to hit Florida, apparently. Hurricane Ian. Now, Runkle of the Bailey is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he is a very quiet, quiet, unnatural force. And I adore him. He's a wonderful man. But as far as this thing hitting Florida, I hope no one in Florida is hurt or, you know, displaced from their homes for more than like a temporary thing, just, you know, to get out of harm's way. Um, I'm praying for you all, except for like three people in Florida. There's three people that really, if they were washed away, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. I might, you know, celebrate. I don't know. My daughter would definitely celebrate, but I might celebrate. I don't know. They're not really worth me expending that much energy. But I don't wish anybody ill, except for those three people. But, you know, it is what it is. So, everybody in Florida, I really do hope that that it passes you by and everything's great and you know we'll get through this like we get through everything and make sure to reach out you know if you're feeling you know scared or lonely phone a friend phone a family member you know shoot me a text I'll happily answer you just stop spamming me on Twitter guys because it's getting really like ridiculous just the do you want to join this do you want to no I don't want to join I'm not a joiner I don't do that so stop sending me crap. Um, what I'm really jazzed about is I have not had one of those stupid you know, car warranty things. I haven't had one phone call like that in probably about a month and a half. And I was getting them like 10, 15 times a day. And I'm not getting them now. It's so great. So I'm hoping that, you know, a higher power reached out and said, hey, stop doing that. Because somebody needed a spanking, and unfortunately it wasn't me. But 
I have an idea for Thursdays and for Saturdays. Like, I really, I want to have somebody on with me on Saturdays that I can go back and forth with for these sexy questions that I've written down. They're not all sexy. Some of them are, like, really profound. Some of them, you know, kind of want to make you cry. But I took, like, three different jobs. I took, like, you know, friendship ones, really deep thought ones, really basic ones. Okay, four. And then, like, perverted ones. Yeah, which is great. You know, I love those. And I mix them all together. It's kind of like a, you know, potpourri of see what you get. If you're somebody who doesn't like to answer sex questions, well, you're going to be pissed off at me, aren't you? So, sorry, you'll be all right. Um, if I don't offend you or I haven't made you feel uncomfortable, I mean, are we really friends? Really? Because I doubt it. If I haven't talked shit, and you haven't appreciated it, we'll never be friends because you kind of got to be in that, you know, oh, yes, I love everybody, but I'm not above being judgmental to people I don't know. I won't judge you for what you do, but if I see you on the street and you look whacked out or whatever, yeah, I'm going to judge you. Not for long, just, you know, while you're in front of me and it's still amusing. But um, I don't like when, <laughs> when people do it to me. So I don't do it loudly to other people, and I try not to stare, but in my head, oh, my God, the things I say. God, I'm such a bitch inside my head. I love people tell me that, you know, oh, she has no filter. She has no filter. Yo, <laughs> I do. I have an amazing filter. Because if you think what comes out of my mouth is what's going on in my head, boy, do I have news for you. You'd never survive inside my head. Good God. I could think of a hundred horrible things to say to somebody in like a second that would make them cry. And it takes me a while to speak because I have to push them back because they want out. They're aggressive. But no, I, I pick the nicer words and I try to be nicer. But if you look at that now, since I'm thinking all these terrible things, but I'm saying nice things, and I do mean the nice things. I do. It's just my brain, you know, comes up with shit it shouldn't. Um, does that make me a good person for wanting to say nice things and actually saying the nice things? Or does that make me like a closet psychotic who you know, keeps all her thoughts inside her head, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, no, that's great. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, good God, I wish you'd choke on a chicken bone and die because I'm tired of talking to you. So it's just, like, I, I don't know. I don't think I honestly want them to choke on a chicken bone because I really don't want to touch them to give them the Heimlich, but at least I know I would attempt to give them the Heimlich. I would attempt to save them. There's only one person I think that I would just let just catch on fire in the street and walk past. I wouldn't even pee on him. But that's what you get for betraying me. Like I said, he once said, I've seen people get on your bad side. It don't look like a good time. It's not a good time. And you are forever on my bad side. You overstretched mutant. And that's sad because I like mutants. I mean, oh God, look at... I'm sorry, Sabretooth, I would happily take him home and keep him forever. He could be as feral as he wants. Ugh, that's a man. He just walks around growling and beating people up and just 
you know, want, take, have. Oh, he's annoying. And then you have Logan, who's growly, but doesn't, you know, like, go after what he wants, which, kind of, kind of weak, kind of weak. Because you guys think that women are like this scary thing. I've never understood that. Like, if you see a girl in a bar and you want to talk to her, go talk to her. If she makes, you know, like, a face, if she says no, if she's nasty, you'll live. You know, I used to say that all the time to my friends. He'd be, you now they'd come back, they'd be like, oh, she said no. Okay, but did you die? No. Then ask somebody else. Like, what the hell? I never had that problem. You know, I'm, I'm not a small girl by any stretch of the imagination. I never was. I mean, when I was a teenager, sure. But, no, once I got pregnant, it was like, you know, all my Italian genes set up and said, we're here and we're staying. But, um, and definitely the Italian genes that formed my ass and hips. But, no, as far as, like, I was never small. I was never, I was never what I considered the prettiest girl in the group. Um, I've always been loud. I've never really had a lot of interactions, you know, with people prior to going off to college because I, I was such a bookworm. You know, my grandparents kept me home all the time. I wasn't allowed to go over friends' houses. They weren't allowed to come over mine. We were very insulated and very isolated. And so I grew up not knowing shit. I didn't know how to talk to anybody. I mean, I knew how to look you in the eye because I got hit in the head enough times. You know, look me in the eye when you're talking. Okay. But I never, I never had the social aspect, you know, so I was always awkward. And But that was okay as a kid. I was okay by myself. I preferred my own company. I still prefer my own company because I don't like, when I have to like explain myself to people. When I do something, I do it because it interests me, it makes me happy, it fulfills something in me. I don't want to explain myself to anybody. I don't want to explain my choices. I don't want to explain my actions because really it's none of your friggin' business. It's nobody's business but mine. Even my kids don't get a say in my decisions. They're my kids. Do I care how they feel? Absolutely. Am I going to let a 16-year-old and a 27-year-old with the, you know, capabilities of a 13-year-old help me make a life choice? No. It's, I'll, I'll listen to them if I have to. If they have something to say, yeah, I'll listen to them. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go with what they say. I'll, of course, I'll think about it. But as far as what needs to be done, sometimes what needs to be done isn't what they need, like what they want, I should say. What they need and what they want are two completely different things. And I'm always going to do what they need. What they want comes second. You know, it's, it's my responsibility to raise them up to where if something should happen to me, they're going to be okay. And as much as I am overprotective of them now, like, I still think if something happened to me, they'd be okay. They'd be sad, but they'd be okay. You know, they're, they're good kids. They're good people. 
Um, they're not impetuous. They're not cruel. They're not overly materialistic. And they're not greedy. They have, they have good, kind, giving hearts. And I like to take credit for that because, like I've always said, you know, the one thing I always tell my kids, what do I want you to be? Besides happy and healthy, I want you to be kind. Just be kind. There's so little of that in the world. We have to make that a normal thing. Kindness is free. It doesn't cost you anything but a little bit of pride sometimes. Yeah, you want to be mad. Don't. It's not going to make you feel better. It's not going to prove anything. It's not going to change anything. And it's certainly not going to settle anything. So grow the fuck up. I hate people that are always, oh, no. I, I wasn't going to give in because that bitch and da-da-da-da. Listen, there's so much more going on in this world and so much more that is worth your time and attention. The people who want to fight with you, just let them be right. You know they're not. I know they're not. They know they're not. Just say, yeah, all right, and walk away. Walk away. It's not that big a deal. I would rather give up a little bit of my self-appointed pride, of which I have an abundance, an overabundance, than to give away any more of my time. One thing that this whole sickness has done for me has shown me that I am not as, I guess, untouchable as I was. I mean, untouchable is not really the right word. It's, <laughs> I can't really say immortal because I really didn't think I'd live forever. But I, I felt like I couldn't get that sick. That was always going to happen to somebody else. I was too busy to get sick. You know, I was too busy to get any kind of, like, blood disorder or bone disorder or muscle disorder or neurological disorder or kidney disorder. Or, oh, my God, a lymphatic disorder, like a brain disorder. I just, I'm getting really tired of listing everything that is wrong with me because it it makes me feel like the next step I take is just death. Like that's all there is left. And for somebody who tried to kill herself more than once, it's surprising to me that I don't want to die. I do, but I don't. Like I, I always want to die on my terms, but that's typical of me. I want to do everything on my terms. I don't want to die because some stupid fucking tick bit me three, five, seven, twelve years ago. Who the hell knows? Could have bit me when I was a kid and I wouldn't even know it. But it, I, I don't want to be diminished because of a friggin' bug. You know, I have, I have played so many different kinds of Russian roulette. Like, I have played the metaphysical, you know, Russian roulette where I just threw myself out there and wondered who was going to catch me. My fat ass, I, it was like, they'll catch me, they'll drop me, but they'll catch me, they'll try. Um, but all that, it's just, it's, it's not in my control and it bothers me. 
I need to be in control in my life. And unfortunately, that was not what we were talking about. I went way off topic, and as you know, I do. So let's circle back around, since now we know that I would rather die on my own terms than, you know, because a bug bit me. But let's circle back to the whole men need to just walk up to a woman and say hi. I'm such and such. I saw you from across the room. I thought you were really pretty and then, you know, you looked interesting and I'd like to talk to you. You know, do you want to, you know, have a beer? Do you want to, you know, go and have a cup of coffee? You want to exchange numbers? Do you want my, you know, my Instagram? I don't know. But it's not hard. I never found it hard to do. If I liked somebody, I went and talked to them. You know, and I was like, I guess because I was aggressive. You know, like there was no, there was no pussyfooting around. There was no, hi, oh, you're cute. I never did that. Nope. I liked somebody, I told them. I like you. I think you're hot. I think you're cute. You make me laugh. You know, all those things, all good things. You want to go for a walk? You want to date? You want to smash? Like, what do you want to do? It all depended on my mood. And I can honestly tell you, I never got told no. I know that's weird. Um, but I really think that a lot of guys appreciate the confidence, you know, and believe me, I am not confident. I have no self-esteem, never mind low self-esteem. I have no self-esteem, but I learned early on, you fake it till you make it because if they see you weak, that's when they go for you. And I won't let anybody see me weak, which is another reason why this freaking illness is so hard on me because everybody knows I'm weak now. Granted, I'm physically weak, but it, it doesn't matter. I've always been the physically strong one. I'm the one that people jump on her back and I just carry them around like they're not even there. You know, I've had, you know, giant mutants perched on top of my shoulders and I acted like it was nothing. You know, I've always been able to do things that I guess you wouldn't think my body could do. Like, I was always very bendy. I was always very strong. You know, I, when it came to sex, woof. I mean, you twist me, turn me, call me pretzel, dude. Now, I don't think I'd want anybody to even touch me because everything hurts. Touch my arm, ow. Touch my leg, ow. My hips are sore. <laughs> it's just I'm falling apart, people. I can't take it. I don't even want sex. And that's just not me. That's really not me. Like, I used to wake up in the morning like, oh, I need to have sex today. And then in the afternoon, need to have it again. I'm that girl that if you say, you know, would you rather have morning sex or nighttime sex? I'd rather have all the sex. You know, I want it before bed, you know, before sleep. I want it when we wake up. I want it for lunch, afternoon snack, what a dinner dessert, you know, 
God, my daughter's father, I made him cry one day because he was just like, I got nothing left. I'm shooting dust. It was hilarious. He really cried because I needed to like, I wanted to keep going. All right. I made him have sex like eight times in one day, but I could have gone a couple more rounds. If he had knocked it out the park the first one or two times, maybe I would have went to sleep and not asked him for all that sex. So you know what? If I'm asking you for sex eight times in one day, you're not good at it. You didn't get the job done seven times before. Don't bitch at me about the eight. Like, learn to, like, make me go, ooh, ooh, or go away. And no, I do not go, ooh, but I am a screamer. I'll give you that. I don't know. It's the whole, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What if they say no? What if they don't like me? I guess I'm just not that person. Even if I know I don't have a shot, I still have to unburden my friggin' soul and tell you how I feel. And then they're usually like, why didn't you tell me sooner? You know, we couldn't. Because I didn't. Because I was a pussy. And I missed the boat. And that happens. It does. Every time that I haven't said something, they've been interested in me and just waiting for me to make a move because they don't know how to read me. Because I grew up in a gas station with men, mechanics, truck drivers, police officers, firemen, delivery men, like plumbers, electricians, every blue collar dude you could think of, I grew up with. I've heard the dirty jokes since I'm little. They cover my ears, never mattered. I still heard them. I didn't understand them, but I stored them. It was funny when, like, I was in college, I'd be walking along and talking, and all of a sudden, one of their jokes would pop into my head, and I'd suddenly understand it and burst into, like, laughter. And whoever I was with was like, what the hell is so funny? Just a joke I heard when I was like, six. that's so funny, because I finally understand it. They look at me like I was stupid, but it's the way it works, you know? It comes to you when it comes to you. <sighs> but, yeah, I, I didn't grow up ladylike. As hard as they tried. You know, my aunts kicked off. I didn't grow up wearing dresses. You know, yes, I was always a girl. But I was always in jeans. There was always, like, dirt or grease on my hands from being in the gas station. <sighs> Sorry, guys. I don't know. I just... I tend to think like a man sometimes I went I went out one one Friday afternoon after school with two principals well was he a principal yet no he was a vice principal and my principal it was like his last year as vice principal and we were joking around we went out for beers like we did every Friday and we were talking and we were talking about sex lives and how we were when we were younger. And I said, you know, like, I'm a lot better with having sex now than I did when I was younger. When I was younger, there were all emotions involved and everything had to be dramatic and world-ending and, oh, my God. And now it's just like, all right, whatever. So they asked me, like, well, you know, like, what's so different? I said, I don't know what to call it. I said, but, okay, 
my son's father, you know, would come over and I would, you know, usher him into the living room. He would have time with my son and they would play around, do all sorts of things, play video games, watch a movie, whatever. And I would be in the kitchen cooking and I would make whatever I thought, you know, he wanted empanadas, you know, big ziti, whatever. But it was always something big and something that took a lot of attention and time. So I would do it and I would make it and then I would feed and I would give him his favorite drink, which was iced tea, a special, you know, Food Town brand iced tea. And I, you know, I just knew all his favorite stuff. So we weren't together. You know, we were just, we've always been friends. But I would give him all this stuff and, you know, I'd feed him. They'd watch whatever. And then my son would, you know, either go off and play on his own or he would, like, take a nap. And we would go, me and him, you know, me and the dad, into the room. We'd smash for a little while. If he felt like cuddling, we'd cuddle. I'm not always the one who's into cuddling. I mean, if I'm hot, I don't want to cuddle. Like, get off me. Turn the air conditioner up and just go on the other side and flip over my pillow so it's cool. Um, and I, I told him, I said, you know, we'd go in, we'd, you know, we'd have sex, whatever. I'd get up, get dressed, go back out into the living room, you know, make them a snack or something. And then he would, you know, he would get ready to leave. And as he was leaving, I would say, all right, so I'll talk to you soon. Hand him a paper bag with a drink, like a little drink in it, a sandwich, and a couple cookies. I would hand it to him, kiss him on the cheek, shove him out the door. And I wouldn't text, ever. I wouldn't talk to him until he texted me and said, oh, I'm coming back up in like, you know, a couple days. All right, what do you want to eat? And I would, you know, make him whatever he wanted to eat. But, I mean, I never, like, initiated communication. It, once he stepped outside the door, he stepped outside of my brain. I didn't think about him. I didn't want to have a relationship. I purely used him for sex and for him to come see his son. And I, I said this. I said, well, you know, I said, got to come over, cook for him. He plays with my son. You know, he, they watch video games. They watch movies. I feed him. I fuck him. I give him a sandwich and a cookie. And I send them out the door and they'll talk to him again until he contacts me. I said, I don't know what to call that. And one of them, I'm not going to say who, said, you call that ideal, Shell. That's ideal. And it never occurred to me that, yeah, it kind of is. Because the other one said, Jesus Christ, you think like a man. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't think that was a bad thing. So... I have a tendency of having friends who are fuck buddies. That's what we call them. Um, so I've had the same like group of dudes that I smash with, with no emotional connection, for over 30 years. It's a pretty good run. I mean, they're good at it. I'm good at it. We're comfortable together. I don't get my heart broken. We're friends. It's great. I love it. It's the best. 
but they always seem to wind up catching feelings. And I, I'm like, dude, that's my line. Like, I'm supposed to be the one that's like, oh, well, we had sex and now I love you. That's not me. I guarantee you, if we have sex, I'm like, mm. however I treat you after sex, that's how I feel about you. Not how I treat you before. How I treat you after. If it's over and I'm like looking at my nails or looking through my phone or I'm like getting up looking for my clothes, I have no interest in you. None. If I lay there and I smile and we joke and it's like, ha, 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 and I can't stop touching you, it means I, I feel something pretty profound for you. I probably won't say it because I'm not one for, you know, just putting myself out there for no freaking reason. I mean, I'll do it when I know I have to. But um, for no reason, no. And I could tell you right now, if if the sex is, like, really bad, you ain't keeping me for long. I know it's a shitty thing to say, but I know me. And it has nothing to do with the actual sex. It has to do with how I see myself in regards to that sex. Because if the sex is bad with you, at some point, I'm going to take the blame. I know me. I'm good at taking blame. And that's that just doesn't work for me. Because I'm great in bed. I've always been great in bed. Like, despite my traumatic friggin' background, and one day I will get into that, like, despite all the trauma, I'm a very passionate, like, very giving person. So I tend to think more about my partner and I want to see them react and I want to see them enjoy themselves. I want to hear them, you know, that I need feedback at all times in all situations, not just sex. Otherwise, I don't I don't know what direction to take. So when it comes to like just asking somebody, you know, to talk to them, I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know. My, my male best friend lives in Florida. He and I have been smash buddies for over 30 years. He got me over my fear of men. He got me over my fear of sex. Um, I'd had a very, very traumatic experience um, with someone and I'd been very badly abused by them for years and so I by the time I hit 18 I was already you know mentally messed up like he just I was not a happy girl and that's okay it's okay to not be so happy all the time but he brought me out of that and he got me to become the person I am you know he said you know inside you there there's like there's a sarcastic bitch somewhere inside you and she needs to come out because this whole wishy-washy thing is not you like the whole agreeing with everybody and oh sure like it's not you the whole meek thing that's not you like you're loud shell and you have a lot going on and you're super smart and you're super funny but you don't show people that. 
And so he got me to start, you know, like really coming out of my shell. And then one day he said, when's the last time you had sex? I said, honestly, it's been a year, seven months, and seven days. He was like, we're having sex tonight when you come home. Because I was at school. I was at college. And I was like, I wasn't coming home. He was like, you're coming home now. He was like, you're coming home. I will meet you. He was like, <laughs> I said, we're not even dating. He was like, we're best friends. All right. Who better? I didn't have an answer for that. So we wound up having sex in this really horrible hotel. Oh, my God. It was like one of those old, old, old hotels that you think is derelict, but it's still operational. It had the the elevator that only went up like three flights with the metal door with the like the accordion door. And it had the the grinder thing that you <laughs> gotta grind to go up. And I was just like, Oh my god, I'm gonna die in this like Bates hotel. I can't. The type of place where you put your shoes and your clothes on top of the dresser because you're afraid of what's on the floor. That's what we did. And I broke the headboard. We, we like, went at it. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Threw him right down. And he was just like, yeah, I knew it. He was like, I knew you'd be a freak. I was like, all right, I'm a freak. Fuck it. And I got to explore with him. You know, I was comfortable. You know, I'd say, you know, I've, I've never done this. I've never done that. He was like, what have you done? Uh, missionary? I, I think that's what it's called. Where, you know, he's on top, I'm on bottom. He was like, are you kidding? I was like, I've given a blowjob. Like, I was taught how to give a blowjob. And he was like, by who? I was like, with, with, that's for another day. I was like, let's not ruin the mood. But, um, yeah, he was like, that's all you know? I was like, yeah, of course, that's all I know. What, what else is there? What else is there? He was like, well, since you asked. And what an awakening I had. And he was he was very he was very good to me in bed. I mean he was spontaneous. He would just show up at my grandmother's house and be like, Hey, come on, let's go for a walk. And then all of a sudden I'm like screwing in an alley. It's like, all right, whatever. Um we had outdoor sex. We had um voyeuristic sex we had we had sex on his living room floor in his parents apartment he wasn't even living there um we had sex across the street from where he was supposed to pick up his chick of the day or of the week or what the hell ever I don't know I drove him to a bus stop in another city to meet some girl and she was late and there was another parking lot so we pulled in there had sex and I drove away but it never bothered me when I left him. You know, it was, he would go off with some girl. He would introduce me to his girlfriends. I met every single one of his girlfriends and the woman that he married and eventually divorced. Um, he came up from Florida. I didn't even know he was married. And he showed up at my job. And my mother was the receptionist at my job. And I was in another building. So he went to the receptionist, and he saw it was my mother, and he was like, hey, man, how are you? And she was like, oh, my God, yeah, who's this? And he goes, oh, this is my wife. I brought her to meet Michelle, because he always calls me Michelle. He refuses to call me by any kind of nickname. He said, you know, your mother gave you one name. That's the name I'm calling you. Whatever. Meanwhile, you know, his name is a nickname, but I digress. So he... He told my mother, he said, I, you know, I brought, you know, 
this one. He was like, I want Shelton. I want Michelle to meet my wife. And my mother said, you're what? And she looked at the girl. Like, she looked around him, looked at the girl, and I guess the girl made a face. And all you hear is my mother go, oh, 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 I got to call my daughter. Because it was other people that told me. So she calls me over the building that I'm at, and she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm working. What do you want? And she was, because she was always bothering me all day long. And she was like, there's someone here to see you. I said, who? Because I couldn't think of who could possibly be there to see me. She goes and says his name. I said, are you shitting me? And she was like, no. And he brought his wife. I said, what? And she was like, his wife. I said, I'll be right there. And she hung up, and he was like, you know. How'd she take it? She was like, she's on her way over. <laughs> it's like, Christ. So I walked in and I'm like, I'm hysterical laughing going, you're what? I was like, and she's standing there like with this puss on her face. I swear to God, I never wanted to punch somebody more. And I was like, okay, in my head, I'm going, all right, chill. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Be nice. Be nice. This is his wife. It'll never last, but whatever. Um, so I walk over and I'm like, hey, and he, you know, picks me up and twirls me around. Oh my God, my girl, I love you. I miss you. I get the kisses and the hugs and everything else. And he's got his arm around me and I'm like, would you like to introduce me? You know, cause he forgot she was there. So I'm just like, hello, who is this? He goes, oh, oh yeah, right. Oh, Michelle, this is my wife. I said, okay, does she have a name? And I know he said her name, but for the life of me, I couldn't remember it. And I looked at her and I said, hey, hi, how are you? And she goes, mm, so you're Michelle. I've heard a lot about you. I was like, I'm sure you have. She was like, just so you know, I'm his wife. I said, just so you know, I fucked him first. And if I want him, he's mine. And he she looked mortified. My mother was like, because she was expecting it. And he thought it was the funniest friggin' thing in the world. And looks at her and goes, she's not wrong. And I was like, no. I said, if I want you gone, you're gone. Now, I was talking out my ass. But it shook her to the core. And she fixed her face. And she went about her business because... I might not beat your ass here, but I'll fuck your man right in front of you. I really don't care. You come at me wrong, that's what you get. And he was mine first. He was mine first and last. Well, now he's the property of the state of Florida. Because... <laughs> oh, God, because he's in jail for life without parole for murdering his girlfriend in Florida. And he always tells me he's innocent. And I will always believe that he is not capable of murder. I'll be very clear of that. Man never raised his voice to me in 30 years. He never abused me. He never used me. Did we have a lot of sex without being boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah. Like a lot. Way a lot. 
did we do things? We dated. We went on dates. He never let me pay for a damn thing. And that was fine with me. I never opened my own car door. I, I didn't open doors to go into places. I didn't have to, you know, wave down a bartender to get a beer. He did all that. You know, he made sure I walked on the inside of the sidewalk because I was not a prostitute up for sale. You know, and he was just very gentlemanly with me and yet such a deviant. You know, like he brought out those deviant tendencies in me. But he always treated me like I was valuable. And he hated everybody that I was with. He did not treat me like that. And the thing is, he never treated girls well. He treated me well, but he didn't treat other girls well. And when he first got arrested, I found out and I couldn't call there because, you know, he didn't have access or whatever. So I quickly sent a letter and he got it like two days after I sent it and automatically, like immediately he called me. Oh my God, thank God. I didn't know how I'd get in touch with you and da -da -da, and all right. So, you know, we spent like, God, four, four years talking and writing letters back and forth while he was in jail. And I'm pretty much all he had, you know, his, his parents both passed away and his brothers have their own lives. So it was pretty much all he had. But he started, you know, he found Jesus. And when you find Jesus, you need to not find me because... I have my own relationship with Jesus and God. I don't need you to preach to me. You're never going to preach to me in a way that brings me to Jesus. You're going to preach to me in a way that brings me away from Jesus. Because I hate being told what to do. I am spiteful like that. Do not tell me what to do. And he started preaching to me. And telling me, you know, things I did were wrong. Things that we always did together. You know, like, if I cursed, oh, Michelle, you shouldn't do that. What? If I said a dirty joke, oh, that's, I mean, really, you should devote more of your thoughts to Jesus and to God. I wish you could see my face when he had said that, because I was just like, who the fuck is this pod person that I'm talking to? Because this is not my boy. This is not who he is. I know you got to adopt certain viewpoints when you go in there to have allies. I get that. But you're on the phone with me. Stop. Like, stop. Every man I have known that was either a liar, a con artist, or a whore, they've all found Jesus and are suddenly, like, preaching at me. Well, guess what? I was a good person. I was God-fearing, and it didn't get me anywhere. So I went the other way. I stayed a good person, but the fear, not so much of God, because he didn't help me, so he didn't hinder me either. I became a, afraid of people, because they're really the, the ones you got to watch out for. You know, God's got you no matter what, but people, they'll screw you over every time. And I just, I don't know, I, I'm not talking to him right now because he really, like, he, I don't know, he snapped on the phone, man. He just snapped. 
And it was so weird because he yelled at me and you're not a good friend. And on and on and on. And so I'm not talking to him right now. But I will forgive him. And I will talk to him again, probably right before his birthday. But I just, I'm, I'm mad. I'm angry that he, he was just like the rest. And he yelled at me for being me. I haven't changed. Everybody else is going nutty. I'm still me. And apparently that was too much for him. So he had to put me in my place. And when you attempt to put me in my place, if you're not there physically to keep me in my place, good luck with that. Because I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. I don't give a shit what you think. I don't give a shit what you say. You want to walk out the door? There you go. There's the door. I don't hold on to anybody anymore. You don't want to be in my life? Don't be in my life. Don't come looking for me, though, when you need something. Because now I'm going to be there for you just like you were there for me, which is not at all. And let's see who misses who. But my whole point with him was he opened me up to having this, like, confident air about me, even if I wasn't feeling confident. And he was the one who said, you know, if you don't ask for what you want, like if you don't go after it, you're never going to get it. And then you just spend the rest of your life going, God, I wish I would have done this. God, I wish I had done that. So when he went to jail, like we were talking on the phone one night and he was like, you know, I really love you. I said, I know that. Because I do. I know he loves me. He, he's a dick, but he still loves me. You don't spend 30 years being around somebody and not love them. Like, you just don't. Especially 30 fun years. And he was like, he goes, no, like, I really, like, I love you. I said, yeah, you're also locked up in a place where you see nothing but dudes. I was like, you haven't had sex in years. You're going to love me more and more the longer you go without sex. Because while some people say I'm pessimistic, I'm not really. I'm more pragmatic. You know, I'm realistic. I see why you're doing what you're doing. And I'm going to call you on your bullshit every time. But he said, no, no, no. He was like, what we have, it's different. He said, I've always loved you like that. I said, love me like what? He's like, you know, like a girlfriend. I said, you thought of me like a girlfriend? He was like, well, no, you wouldn't let me. I was like, you never once told me that you wanted to, like, be with me. I said, yeah, you proposed marriage, like, five, six, seven times. I was like, and I never took it seriously because you're not somebody that I take seriously. Because he's not. He jokes constantly. So, I mean, if you say, oh, marry me, yeah, all right, sure, yeah, tomorrow. We'll, we'll go tomorrow. And he'd be like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, yeah, me too. And then he'd just drop it. But he claims that he was. He was serious. He was like, I really wish you would have pushed me to be a better man for you and to, like, step it up for you. He was like, because I would have. I said, but you never asked me to do that. I said, because I never expected that. I don't expect anyone to change for me anymore. Maybe when I was, like, young, maybe when I even was married, I expected him to change, you know, to be better because I needed him to be better. And he wasn't. And he was never going to be. And he's still not. 
He is who he is, and that's fine. He's great. You know, my ex, they're great. All my exes, they're great, except the one. But, you know, it is what it is. But, um, I really, I never, it never dawned on me that he would want to be with me in a relationship because that's just not what we had. And then I was talking to another ex and they were like, I was telling him the story and he goes, well, that's how I always felt. I said, what do you mean that's how you always felt? He said, well, I always, you know, I loved you like my whole life. It was like, I wanted you to be my girl. He was like, but you never, you know, you never seemed to want that. Now, what was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to run after these guys like these psycho bitches saying, I need a relationship, I want to be your girl? But that's not, that's not who I am. You know, if you want to be with me, okay, let's, let's go on a date. You show me you want to be with me. You don't have to say it. Show me. Hold my hand. You know, as we're walking, just stop and kiss me for no reason. I'm not saying tongue me down, but just kiss me. Kiss my hand. Kiss my forehead. That's what my one ex, you know, like, he was the love of, of my life. The male love of my life. And he used to do things that made me feel so special. They didn't have to be grand things, you know. He drove me to work in the morning. And every time he drove me to work, there was either a hot tea or a hot cocoa and a bagel. They didn't have a bagel. He got me a muffin, you know, and it was like, okay, he'd do that every day, every day. He would pick me up from work every day. The minute I got in that car, I got my hello kiss and he would hold my hand and he'd bring my hand up to his face and kiss the back of my hand every single time without any fanfare. That's just, it was just something he did. He always kissed the back of my left hand. Every time we were in the car, no matter what I was doing, at some point he would reach over, grab my hand, kiss it, and like either hold on to it or put it back. And that would, it would lift me and fill me with so much happiness and contentment that that was all he had to do. Because it was such an intimate gesture that was just between us. And it meant the world to me. That was his language. You know, he he wasn't bright. You know, he would be the first one to tell you he's dumb. I personally don't think he's, like, dumb. I just don't think he's academic. But you can't tell somebody who wants to think they're dumb that they're not because they won't believe you. So he thinks he's dumb. You know, he, he never thought he was, like, good-looking. Honestly, like, in high school... He did nothing for me. After high school, he did nothing for me. And then one day I just gave in and I said, fine. You know, like he was like, come for a beer, come for a beer, come for a beer. Fine. You know, and I like gave in and it took him seven years to get that damn beer out of me. But I went for the beer and I was about to light a cigarette and he reached out and he just, he touched my fingertip. And it was like lightning went through my entire body and that had never happened to me ever 
And I sat there going, whoa. I was like, no, 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 no. No, no, you're, no, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like you having this effect on me. And, like, because he was somebody that I always, like, teased and made fun of and beat up, you know. I did. I beat him bad. And, oh, God, I dropped him so many times. But that's only because he would never hit back. So if he would have hit me back, he would have laid me out cold because he's, he's strong. He's skinny, but he's strong. And that night was, like, such a huge eye-opening night for me because I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I couldn't believe that this dude, that this awkward, you know, like, just, he was nothing like what I ever had gone for. He was nothing I ever wanted. He was nothing at all to me. He was less than nothing to me. Like, I literally would not have cared if he didn't talk to me the rest of his life. And he reached out and touched my fingertip. And it was like nothing I'd ever known in my life. And I had to get the hell out of there. I was like, okay, I got to go home. And he was, what, what are you talking about? Like, it's early. No, I got to go home. I got to go home. And I wouldn't get in his car. I walked the block and a half home. Like, because I, I wasn't going far from my house with somebody that I didn't want to spend time with. And I was just like, I got to go home. And he's like, well, come on, at least write down your number so I can call you when, when I get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote it down. And I went home and I'm sitting there going, he's not going to call. He's not going to call. He's not going to call. Two o'clock in the morning, I went to sleep. He didn't call. I was so pissed. I was like, see, this is what happens. I go to walk to work the next day. Now, it just so happens he works, well, he worked across the street from where I lived. So I had to walk past him with my mother to walk to work. So I had told my mother, leave early. I want to get there early. I want to leave early. I don't want to run into anybody. And she was like, who are you going to run into? I was like, don't worry about it. I just want to get to work early. Can we, can we leave like 10 minutes early? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm all ready i've got my skirt on i got my work clothes whatever ma you ready yeah i'm ready all right let's go we go running out the door i'm looking i'm looking around like people are after me and she's like what is wrong with you i was like i just don't want to be seen and she was like what happened so i told her so while i'm telling her shithead pops up at the other corner and she's looking over my shoulder because he's behind me like about a hundred feet away and she starts, like, as I'm talking, she's, like, trying to keep the laughter in. I said, what is your problem? She said, I don't think you're going to be able to avoid him. I was like, why? She said, because he's waiting for you at the corner. I was like, son of a bitch. So I look over my shoulder. I was like, we're going around the long way. So we did. We went around, <laughs> we went around the long way. I made her go a whole block and a half out of her way. And we went around. And as we come around, he's standing right. I said, what the hell? I was like, he was like, you're not avoiding me. He was like, how dare you give me the wrong number? What? He was like, I called you last night. I said, no, you didn't. I was like, my phone never rang. I said, not that I would know. I went to sleep. I wasn't going to tell him I was waiting for your ass to call me till 2 o'clock in the morning. And he was like, no. He's like, I called you. He's like, I even know the number. He's like, 659 
888. I said, no. I said, do you have the paper? Yeah, it's right here. And he takes the paper out. He's like, look. I said, look, dyslexic. I was like, 8988. Oh. Oh, shit. I was like, uh-huh. I was like, who answered? He was like, nobody. It just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. I said, somebody was cursing your ass out. I was like, but no. I was like, my my number is, you know, 8988. I said, oh, my God. You want me to take you to work? I was like, no, I got to go. And he was like, can I call you later? I was like, I don't know. I don't know if you can call me. So far, not so much. And he was like, oh, we're smart ass again. I was like, well, because you push me in the corner, I push back. You know, and he was just like, oh, all right. He was like, you got got jokes? I was like, for days I got jokes. And he was like, all right, I'm going to call you later. Okay. I might be home. You might be home. Where are you going? None of your business. You ain't my man. And as I walked away, he goes, we'll see about that. My mother goes, ooh, shots fired. I was like, shut up. <laughs> just keep walking. And she was like, I said, yeah, apparently. She was like, where'd you find him? I said, I went to high school with him. I was like, he works for your building. And she was like, yeah. She was like, but a lot of people work here. She was like, I could take my notes from him. She was like, who is he? So I like, went into the whole thing. She said, wow, I wouldn't have picked that out. I was like, no, I wouldn't have either. She said, you are so like head over heels for him. I was like, I am not. She said, bullshit. She said, he talked back to you and you didn't lay him out? You have feelings for him. I was like, I I literally went on one date with him. I was like, it wasn't even really a date. He bought me a Guinness and made fun of me for drinking Guinness. And it was like, I wanted a dark beer. I also wanted something that I could take my time and limit to one. And that would be it. And she was like, yeah, no. She was like, you like him, you like him. Whatever. You know, I wasn't ready to admit it. And he did. He called that night during dinner. And I made my grandmother answer the phone and say I wasn't home. And then he called like an hour later. And she said once again that I wasn't home. And then he rang the doorbell. <laughs> and I was like, shit. And he, I answered and I was like, hey. And he goes, oh, you're home? I said, yeah, I just got here. He was like, oh, you want to go for a walk? Sure. And then he asked me on another date, and another date, and another date, and another date. But I liked that he wasn't afraid of me. That is the major, like, aphrodisiac between he and I. Like, I literally, he could just be a complete ass sometimes. And that that's what would do it for me. You know? And But he was really, he was sweet to me. And... He had so many good qualities, and, you know, he had shitty qualities, too, but he had so many good qualities. But the main thing for me was that he wasn't afraid, you know? And I knew in high school he didn't have a lot of confidence. And I knew even then he didn't have a lot of confidence. But he wanted me bad enough that he put that fear aside and said, no, she's not going to get to walk away this time. Because I always walked away before. It was like, oh, you like me? Ha, 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 loser. And I just like, you know, do whatever the fuck I wanted. But, no, when he decided, no, see, 
No, you're going to give in. It meant a lot to me because I knew what that did to his pride. You know, I knew he was afraid of rejection. I knew he hated it with a passion. It just destroyed him. And I'm not exactly an easy female to walk up to and go, hey, what's up? Because I look mean. People tell me I look mean. I can't help it that I don't have simp face. You know, I don't do the whole, oh, my God, like, you know, twirling my hair around. Like, oh, <laughs> you're so funny. You're so cute. Like, I don't do that. I don't do the over-the-top girly thing. You want me to be over-the-top girly? Put a snake in front of me, not the trouser snake, because I guarantee my mouth will open, but I won't scream. Um, a, a spider or a bee. And I will turn into the girliest girl you have ever seen girl. I will scream and, and jump up on top of things, jump on your back, doesn't matter. Like, I just, I can't deal with it. I don't even scream when I see bears. I just kind of pick up kids and run. You know, <laughs> it's like, let's get the hell out of here. But, like, I've, I've been hit. I've been mugged. I've been many different things. And I never screamed in fear like a girl. Like, I, I'd scream, but not, like, the whole, oh, my God. Like, the whole, oh, my God, I can't have it near me. I'm too fragile. Like, that was never me. I'm not fragile. I'd more than likely kick your ass than, you know, ask you to kick somebody's ass for me. But I don't know. He just, he let me, he let me be a girl. You know, with, with my friends that I was having sex with, it was like, I, we were always buddies. You know, we were dudes together. Uh, they talk to me about girls. I talk to them about girls. Sometimes we go out and we both see a girl and be like, damn, at the same time. And they always found it funny. I just thought, okay, like, we like the same kind of thing. Like, whatever. A good ass is a good ass but on a guy or a girl. I don't care. Like, a beautiful ass is something to behold. I used to tell my old boss, because he, Steen, oh, Lord, he had a gorgeous ass. And every time he, for seven years he did this, he would walk in front of my desk to go see my other boss. And I would say, hey, Steen, thing of beauty is a joy forever. And I'd be looking at his ass while I'm saying it. And all the ladies that I worked with in accounting, because I worked in accounting, would be hysterical because they knew what I was talking about because they were like, yeah. And he never, I thought he knew what I was saying, but... He didn't know why I was saying it, and I didn't. I didn't know that. And it was like a year before I I left. I said it, and he stopped in front of my desk, and he looked at me, and he like tilted his head, and I said, "What?" He goes, "Why do you always say that when you see me?" Now my boss Michael in his office is laughing his ass off because he knows why, and he's just like, "Are you kidding? Like, are you really asking her that? Come on, man." And he was like, no, why do you say that? I said, you really, you don't know? He goes, no. I said, well, if you don't know, I ain't going to tell you. He was like, no, really. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you. I was like, now it's fun. Now I'm going to say it twice a day. And he was just like, shit. Like, don't, don't give me that kind of power. I abuse that kind of power. Don't you know? So <laughs> he, 
He never knew that I thought his ass was a thing of beauty. And I would say a thing of beauty is a joy forever. And just be staring at it because it was just perfect. It was plump and high and round and solid and muscular. And it was just, oh, I wanted to bite his ass every day. My husband didn't really appreciate that when I told him that. But he, he understood that that's just me. But yeah, no, he, he didn't. I'm very forthright when it comes to that kind of stuff. I have no problem telling you, ooh, your tits look good today. Or oh, I love the cleavage. You know, maybe it's inappropriate. I, I don't know. It's just who I am. At least you know what you get when you get me. I'm very upfront. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you you look good when you don't. I'm not going to tell you that I love you when I don't. Um, there's little white lies here and there, whatever. Things that I might say just to fuck with you, just because it's funny. Um, but not really lies. It's so much, it's usually me joking around. Only I'm the only one who knows that I'm joking. <laughs> so it makes it like a little, haha, it's an inside joke inside me. Actually, you can classify a lot of the guys that I've been with as jokes inside of me. But I digress. So yeah, just, I don't know, just walk up to a chick, talk to her. What could happen? What is she going to do? Is she going to shoot you in the forehead for saying, hi, I think you're pretty? It's not that big a deal. It's really not. And sometimes we just really need it. The way that you do it wrong is you guys do it so you come across creepy. Like, I... Instead of saying, oh, you know, you have a really... You have a beautiful smile. A lot of guys will be like, hey, notice you're smiling that smile would look really good on me. Why don't you come over here and bring it? Like, I've had guys say shit like that. And it's just, you look at them like, you for real? Because I really I want to staple things to your forehead right now. With like a, a nail gun. I, I'm just saying. Like, I want to punch you in the neck like 12 times. But they think they're all like, you know, Rico Suave. Look at me. Now. Don't come at me with your shit lines. If you want to come at me and, like, actually have an impact, say hi and make me laugh. You know, like, come out with one of those dad jokes or one of those stupid, like, you know, what do you call a dog with no leg, no back legs and steel balls. Sparky. That is always going to be one of the funniest freaking things I've ever heard. And it's so stupid, but it makes me laugh. And it's that laugh that fills you up, man, that you're just like, you're, every part of you is amused and feels better. It's one of those cleansing, like, oh, I feel better, I need a cigarette kind of laughs. If you're not good at sex, you better be good at making me laugh. I'm going to tell you that. Because that's the only saving grace you got. Um, especially if you're not that intelligent and can't have like a really in-depth conversation like I need to be with somebody who can switch it up I don't want somebody who's serious all the time who's funny all the time who's sexy all the time I need somebody like me who's a mixture of all of that you know there's a time for all of it sometimes the time is they they converge and you get to have a conversation and like talk and 
it leads to sex and that leads to a lot of laughing because if you're not laughing while you're having sex you're doing it wrong <sighs> i used to tell my one of my exes that because he always used to look like he was doing calculus in his head and i was like you know you you're supposed to enjoy this i'm doing all the work so how about you like relax just relax and enjoy it and he would lose his confidence among other things and we'd be done but just i don't need you to be egotistical i don't need you to be a perfect specimen i don't need you to be any extreme i just need i need the person that i'm with to be himself and to be compatible with me and value me for myself and i just haven't come across that in a really long time and i don't think I probably, I probably won't ever have love like that again. I probably won't. I, it's not that time isn't on my side or I don't think it's out there. It's just that the world is very unsure right now. Everything is uncertain, you know, is the pandemic over? Is it not over? Is, you know, Russia going to, you know, bomb everybody with nukes? Are they not? Is Korea, North Korea going to bomb nukes? Like, we don't know. We don't know. Every day is a new drama. It's a new trauma. It's a new cataclysmic event that we're waiting on. And it seems like we're always waiting, waiting, waiting. It's either stop talking about it or do it. Because I, I cannot stand the limbo that we're in. That constant state of, I don't know, I don't know. Did you hear? I don't know. Do you think they're telling the truth? I'm so sick of not, not knowing if something is true or not. I used to assume that things were true that I was told. Because I was the one telling my truth. Why wouldn't everybody else tell their truth? And the world's just not like that. Everybody's out to, you know, form a group or hate on this group. Or I, I don't hate on anybody. I want to understand. You know, I, I want to know why the Trumpers like Trump. I want to know why the Dems like Biden. I want to know why Biden walks around like he's, like, lost his puppy. And he's like, here's spot, here's spot. Like, that, that's not what I want to see as my commander in chief. But I also don't want to go the other way and have the Cheetos standing there telling me to like shine light through my body. Like, I, I just want somebody average, just average. God, I don't need though the, the best, the best there is. And you know, no, there's never been a president like me ever. I'm the best president in the world. You ask anybody, Abe Lincoln's got nothing on me. And I don't want the, well, 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 you see, like, I got Jimmy Stewart on one fucking end, and I got Andrew Dice Clay on the other. I don't want either one of them as my president. I want somebody normal. God, can we just find somebody normal who's going to say, hey, I'd love to meet with foreign people, you know, foreign dignitaries and settle this and doesn't have to be anything too extreme. Hey, I'd love to listen to this side and that side. You know, I don't want the constant 
Oh, you're a Republican. I can't tell it to you. Oh, you're a Democrat. I can't tell it to you. Oh, you're a Trumper. Oh, you're a Bidener. You're riding with Biden. Or you're a sniffer. Or you're this. Or you're a pedo. And you're a fucking grabber by the pussy. What? I can't. I can't. It's all sound bites. I feel like we have elected people based on sound bites. Because for the life of me, I can't tell you what either one of them really stand for. I could tell you things they said that they got caught saying. Because that's what apparently news is now. But could I tell you how they feel about anything regarding their own parties and platforms? Nope. Nope. Still can't. And I'm very invested in politics now. But I still... I. <sighs> I had a better time reading kindergartners' writing and figuring out what they were trying to tell me in their little essays than I can figure out these individuals. Everybody just, they just want to inflict hurt. I want to win. I want to win. What are you winning? What? What are you winning? It's probably not even something you wanted. But because the other side wanted it, now you have to have it and not their way. Like, they wanted this. They want A with the point up. You need to have A with the point down. Like, but how would you normally want A? You'd want A with the point up. But because they want it like that, I have to have it like this. It's, I can't. It's just so much fighting and so much chaos and discord and disharmony and animosity and vitriol and anger. Why is everybody so angry? When did that happen? I was angry as a kid, but I had reason to be angry. I was angry in my 20s. Again, reason to be angry. These people don't have a reason to be angry. They shit and somebody pays them $100,000 and says, thank you. Like, I can't. They have no idea what it is to live a life like mine. To be pretty much poor. They don't know what it's like to struggle. They're like, oh, I raised my kids by myself. No, you didn't. You lived with your mother. Oh, well, I went to college. Yeah, uh-huh. Who paid for that? Oh, you got a whole bunch of grants? Yeah. I didn't qualify for grants because I'm white. And they told me that. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I was 20 years old. And I went to the local county office to apply for Medicaid because I needed health insurance. And they turned me down. I said, but I, I, I'm over 18. I live alone. I'm having a baby. I need help. Like, what else are you people here for? And the lady said to me, you're not a minority. I said, what, what difference does that make? I fit the criteria. I am below poverty level. I am pregnant. Like, I need help. Mm, yeah, no. You're not a minority, so I can't help you. And she called the next person. And I got up, and I went in the hallway of the welfare building, and I read all the doors that were closed because they never want to deal with people. And I found the bosses and I banged on that door like a crazy person. 
because I was pregnant, and I, I would have thrown that lady out the window if I could have. But I slammed on the guy's door, and he eventually opened it, and I, I said, how dare you? And I told him what happened. He said, who said that? And I took him right to the, I said, that bitch right there. And he was like, come into my office. I was like, okay. And I went in, and he apologized a million different ways, and he was like, she's not exactly wrong, though. I said, let me tell you something. Either I'm leaving here with Medicaid or I'm leaving here with both your jobs. Because guess what? You're saying that I can't get assistance because I'm white, basically. That's what you're telling me. He said, yeah. I said, you know what I can get because I'm white? Both your asses fired. Look at my fucking paperwork and figure it out. And I was done. I was done playing the games. After that, every time somebody said no to me, I was like, no, nah, you better look again. Look again. Because we're not, we're not doing this. We're not doing the whole, oh, you know, she's a little white girl, she'll be fine. No. It's for everybody or for nobody. It's bullshit. They do this with opinions. I'd rather they leave the opinions and let us all have our own opinions and apply it to laws and rules and not let one person skip out on something because, oh, you know, she didn't mean it. How do you know? Well, because I didn't feel like she meant that. I don't give a shit what you felt like. I've known her since she's four. I don't care. If it was my mother who broke the law, I would expect the law to be applied equally to her as to the next person. That's just, maybe that's me being, again, naive because... As much as I've seen in this world, I still get the very, you know, isolated little girl moments where I believe that the world is good. And I think that people, you know, want to help. People want to be nice. But they're afraid to. Because now being nice is seen as like a weakness. Nobody wants to be seen as weak. Nobody wants to be attacked or taken advantage of. And I do. I, I don't want to, you know, be a, attacked or taken advantage of. I want to be nice. I do. I don't have the energy in me to be angry all the time. And it does. It takes a lot of energy to be angry. And I just, I don't, I don't understand those people that walk around just yelling. Yelling at everybody. I mean, I've done it, yeah, but you got to, like, really poke the bear to get me to yell at you. And they just, they, I don't know, they're just walking past or driving past and they got to yell out insults or they got to, they throw stuff out the window or they like, they got to give you a dirty look and like make that ugh kind of face. I will ugh you right in your face. Like, don't. I'm not the one. If you want to be angry, you go be angry somewhere else because if you're angry near me, it's going to make me angry. And I guarantee you're not going to have a good time. Guarantee it. Because once I flick that bitch switch, it's on and popping. We're going. And I'm going to let all that ghetto and all that cruelty out. And I'm going to make you cry. And I'm going to giggle about it. Because I started out nice, but you had to do it. You know, you, I give you what you asked for. I'm a people pleaser. You want to piss me off? 
Okay, I'm pissed off. You ready? But for the most part, I just want to laugh. You know, I miss sitting down with my friends and laughing over beers and pretzels. I miss, you know, like sharing french fries with my friends. I miss doing things that other people don't do, like reaching over and just like really planting one on the teacher that I worked with just because she didn't expect it. And the guy that we were having beers with was like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, my, and I just grabbed her and like gave her a quick one. Um, and his, his face was priceless. It was great. But I do shit like that. I don't care if you're with somebody. A kiss is a kiss, whatever. You know, it's not like I said, ooh, baby, well, let me go see if you could, you know, puncture my heart with your dick. Like, that's not something I would say right away. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I miss all that. I miss life. And now with all these damn things wrong with me, I can't even go out and live it. Because I can't walk down the damn block. I walk to the bathroom and I'm winded. And I, and I just... I'm 48 years old. This cannot be it. This cannot be... My life. I mean, I've, I've done so much in my life. I never, never ran away from a new experience. You want to go on a road trip? Let's go. You want to go on a road trip to Washington and Oregon? Let's go. Like, I got no, let's go. Well, are you sure? Let's go. Come on. Pack some shit. I'll make some sandwiches. We'll grab the kids. Let's go. Michelle, you want to try that? Sure, let's go. I feel like fishing. Let's go. I want to go camping. Let's go. Any. I want to go to the beach at 2 o'clock in the morning just to see the waves. All right, pick me up. Let's go. Like, that was always me. Anything I wanted to do or try, I did. You know, if I liked the guy, I told him. If I liked the girl, I told her. I told my best friend that I was in love with her, like, from the very beginning. Did she listen? No. Did it matter to her? Probably not. I didn't tell my husband that I was in love with her. I didn't tell anybody that I was in love with her except for her. And then he met her. And she and I had like a four-hour conversation face-to-face. We hadn't seen each other in a long time. And she was just standing next to where I was sitting. She refused to sit down. I think because if she sat down, she'd have to see him. If she stood in front of me, he was behind me, she couldn't see him. And we just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And I was just so happy to be there with her. And then when we left, we're driving home, me and my husband. And he goes, so, how long you been in love with her? And I didn't, I didn't even, like, flinch. I said, oh, since about the third or fourth day of college? Oh, you didn't say anything. You didn't ask. Does she know? Nope. I've told her. But, you know, she has this thing where if she doesn't like information, she just ignores it. And she doesn't respond to it. 
And then I moved out to Kansas, and she was all pissed off at me because I moved to Kansas. Okay. But you're with somebody. You've been with somebody for years and years. You're never going to leave that person. You're never going to not love that person. And that's okay. I get that. I accept that. But that doesn't mean that I was able to love you less because of it. It just means that I was in love with you and it just hurt a whole lot. For years. Until I, you know, I came to the conclusion, okay, you can be in love with her, but she's never going to be with you. So maybe, like, put a little distance. So I did. Because it, it got to the point where I just wanted to talk to her every second of every day for the rest of my life. And I couldn't. And it would gut me. And she's never had anything but friendship from me. Never. Like, she still doesn't even believe that I even like girls, which kills me. Because it's like, okay. But like most lesbians that I know, when they find out I'm bisexual, they're like, you're just confused. Pick a side. I don't have to pick a side. Why would I ever do that? Why would I limit myself? If I am attracted to men and to women, why would I pick one or the other? Because it makes you feel more comfortable. Doesn't make me feel more comfortable. I'm not on this earth to make you comfortable. I'm not on this earth to make anybody feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable with me, good. Good. Maybe you should examine what's making you feel uncomfortable and why. Because it's not about me. You're not uncomfortable because something I'm doing. You're uncomfortable because of something you're either not accepting, you don't understand, or you're feeling and haven't felt before. Maybe something I said made you a little, like, excited. You know? And you're just like, wow, that never happened before. It can be off-putting. Okay, go examine it and deal with your shit. I'm tired of, like, pussyfooting around people and whatever. Ugh. Michelle, you shouldn't talk like that. Yes, I freaking should. I should talk in any way that makes me feel comfortable because that's what my priority is, my comfort level. If you're uncomfortable, go deal with your shit and talk to somebody who's, I don't know, more vanilla. Talk to somebody who's boring. If I'm too much for you, go find less. That's fine. And I've always understood that when they tell me you're too much. No, I'm too much for you. Because you're not enough to deal with somebody like me. I've met people who come across as being very like, what is wrong with this person? Like, they're just, they're not, you know, confident. They're not smart. They're not this, they're not that. But boy, could they... Let's go. And Shelly would just jump. You say jump, I say hi. <sighs> Two people in my life have had me like that. Well, three, but the third one I kind of want to stab in the neck with a screwdriver, but whatever. The other two I'm still fine with. 
but you know it's it was oh, yes master you know like what can i do for you without the whole sex connotation kind of thing this was more relationship like where i was the people pleaser i was the one who what do you need what do you want what can i do what can i do like that was just me and with everybody else it was like fuck you like <laughs> how can you no I had no problem saying no to most people. It was just those two that I always said yes to. And then somewhere along the lines, I started saying yes to everybody because no was just, I don't know, it it seemed like if I said no, they would just leave me. And I was tired of having everybody leave me. And then COVID happened. And I just stopped calling or contacting anybody i just didn't feel the need it was me and my kids alone in our house you know in our apartment we had the cats i didn't need anybody else's drama or their input i didn't need anybody to touch me or hug me when i'm trying to like not get this like disgusting like horrible disease that they're talking about I just, I, I didn't feel the need to be near anybody. And that continued for a really long time where I avoided people. I just didn't want to have anything to do with them. And now it's swinging back to where I, I could be on limited time. I don't know. We haven't found all the things that are, you know, wrong yet. We haven't decided what's you know affecting me long term or what's going to get worse or what's going to get better or what can even be treated so far every time they come up with something they're like yeah this is what you have but there's no cure and this is what you have but there's no treatment and this is what you have but it's just gonna get worse and it's like, thanks guys everybody's so full of freaking good news i love it thanks and then they tell me but you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine Really? Because you just said this had no cure, this had no treatment, and this was going to hurt me a whole lot more over time. But I'm going to be fine. So in other words, you're chopping off a finger, chopping off a finger, chopping off a finger, blows sunshine right up my ass. Like, those two things don't go together. But that's what the doctors like to do to me now. It's like, oh, yeah. Like I had... The doctor today, the pulmonary doctor, when I told her that I had night sweats from the Lyme disease, she said, no, that's probably from menopause. I said, no. I said, because it's different. I was like, it doesn't like have a pattern. It just happens. And I'm not hot. I'm just sweating. I don't get a hot flash. I'm just sweating. And I don't get hot flashes. I get cold. And she was like, no, it's menopause. I love when people tell me without having examined me or even looked at my record, what is wrong with me? And I was so aggravated that I just, I had the mask on so she couldn't see my mouth because I was just like, like snarling. And I was like, okay. She like blinked and looked at me and she goes, what? I said, okay, you're right. Must be from menopause. Well, you have to go to a gynecologist. I said, yeah, it's 
it's on the list. Like, we're working our way one system at a time. Like, come on. I'm already dealing with three different fucking body systems this week. Give me a break. And now it's four. So it's great. And she was just like, ah. well, I think it's from menopause. I said, okay. And you're probably right. You're the doctor. What do I know? Only my body. And she was just like, she, she was having none of it with me. I was like, all right. But I wasn't going to argue. You want to be right? Go be right. I don't care. I don't care. Maybe you are right. Maybe it is menopause. Maybe it's the Lyme disease. I don't know. Maybe the air conditioner didn't turn on. Maybe the cat laid on, like, the back of my head and made me hot. I don't know. I'm asleep when it happens. So how would I know? Well, what did you dream about the other night? I don't know. Well, you said that a dream woke you up. Yeah. What was the dream about? I don't know. Then how do you know it woke you up? Because I woke up screaming. Well, what were you screaming? Nothing that anybody could understand. So what was the dream about? I don't know. Like, it, And it's that constant like going around and around and around and around that it just drives me insane. I hate talking to stupid people. I don't care if you're a doctor and you went and you went to medical school. You could still be stupid. I know a lot of pe stupid people that are lawyers, doctors, governors, you know, whatever. You can be stupid and have a really, like, powerful job. And you can be really, really intelligent and be a teacher's aide. It depends where your lot falls in life. Some people are lucky. Some people are not. Some people have more faith in themselves than they deserve. Some don't have enough. And it's well-deserved. But that's where we're at. You know, she just running circles around me and it's just like oh my god it's like she had to win the conversation so I just I gave it to her because I don't feel the need to win a conversation to prove my intelligence I prove my intelligence every day I don't need to get into a pissing contest with a stupid doctor I really don't you're like I am a woman I know what the fuck am I a monkey like I can't just give me a fucking banana and I'll go sit in the corner and play with myself and toss shit at you? No. I wonder what you guys would say to that. There was that dude going around saying, like asking people, what is a woman? And I don't know what, what my definition would really be. I mean, a woman is a female to me. A woman is... You know, soft but strong. Um, strict, but, you know, fun. Nurturing, yet, you know, a warrior. Like, uh, women are so... <sighs> they're so much more complex than men. I, I think that's why I always hung out with men. I, I got them. You know, it's like I get the humor. I get the camaraderie. There's there's an acceptance among men with each other that women just will never have. It doesn't matter how long you've been friends with the female. At some point, she's going to piss you off. 
she's going to say something a little snide or she's going to have something you don't or she's going to you know say something was her idea when it was yours and you're going to feel slighted but at some point y'all are going to fight over petty bullshit guys don't really fight like that if they have beefs they're like oh i heard you were talking shit they go and they you know they either drink it out they pound it like they punch it out or they just you know go nutty and you know go to war with one another and then it's over but like for the most part it takes a lot to get guys to get like into fights with their friends other guys on the street they don't give a shit but like a friend no they can get away with murder and they get each other you know you want to go fishing yeah they can go fishing for like eight hours what'd you guys talk about nothing you sat in a boat for eight hours with one other person and didn't say anything? No. Well, what did he say? Nothing. You got to be quiet. There's fish. What? <coughs> Sorry about that. But they can. They could sit there eight hours and not talk. Who does that? That's not human. Women can't do that. We can't even get into an elevator without speaking to one another. And you don't even have to know her. Anyway, I've talked enough. I've talked a lot. But I do have a lot to say. I want to do um, a, a stream about the Lyme disease from beginning to end. Because I think it would help quite a few people to know that they're not alone in this, in this struggle with Lyme. And it is a struggle. It's a battle that I go through every single day. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate being vulnerable. And I hate not being able to go to Target with my son. Not being able to take him to McDonald's. Like, I, I literally am worn out walking a few feet. And I never thought I'd be in this place. But now I'm here. And as with everything else, I will fight with everything I've got. Because I don't know how to do it any other way. I don't know how to just give up. I will never know how to give up. I will never know how to give in. Like Billy Joel said, I don't give up and I don't give in. I just change my mind. And that's what I do. I change my mind from time to time. Not often, but time to time. If any of you out there made it to the end of this, I just, if you could think about me when you say your prayers, maybe, you know, remind God that I need help too. I'd appreciate it. Um, I will see you on Tuesday night, hopefully 7 p.m. Eastern. I'll have my little camera on. And I'm thinking I want to do more videos of my hands while I talk. Because I'm very Italian and I talk with my hands. So maybe I can, you know, draw some stuff or crochet or <laughs> paint. Um, maybe play cards. Maybe I'll do my nails. Play with sand. I don't know. I think there's a whole bunch of different things I could do. To run the video, not have my face on camera because 
I just don't feel up to it anymore. A couple months ago, I would have been okay with it, but now, now I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. But my hands are still pretty, so you can see them. If y'all see what kind of rings I could wear, I don't know. It's just so many ideas. That's what kills me. Ever since I started this, this is all I think about. I mean, yeah, I got to think about my health and I got to think about my kids. But in the back of my mind, there is constantly a running stream of what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I introduce? Should I talk about this? Should I talk about that? Should I talk about C-Boozy? Should I talk about A-H? Should I make it like more pop culture? Should I just talk about me? Should I talk about all different things? I want to talk about everything. Everything. I want to do one whole episode about just identity. I want to do another one about depression. I want to do another one about, you know, my labor experiences maybe. And my experience with miscarriages and, you know, my ideas about abortion and whatever. Because trust me, whatever you think you know about me or however you think you can guess I think or feel about something, you're probably wrong. You're probably wrong. Because I, I don't I don't wear my beliefs on my chest for everybody to see. I do defend them when I have to. But as far as like what I truly believe, unless we're having a conversation like this where I'm trying to reach out to you, I'm, I'm going to keep that buried. You know, I'm going to keep the information buried until I can't anymore. And then I'll share. And then I'll let you know. But most people, I'm going to tell you, most people, when they draw conclusions about me in any way, shape, or form, they're wrong. They're wrong. Conclusions in me don't, don't get along well. Making assumptions about me, it's not a safe bet. It's not. Because I act very different than how I think. I speak very differently than how I think. Because in this world, I can't speak freely. My free speech, even though it's my right, I can't fully embrace it because of the amount of just spiteful, horrible people in the world. Because of that gotcha mentality. You know, Nick once said, you have to let the bigots speak. This way you know who the bigots are. And it's true. If you're not hearing or you're not allowing someone to speak their truth, to speak the way they normally would speak, the way it is natural for them. If you don't allow their ideas to come out and be verbalized and you don't allow them to vocalize their intentions, how the hell do you know who they are? You can't say, oh, their actions. People fake that shit all the time. They fake it all the time. It, look at me, look at me. Oh, I'm so sweet, but now I'm going to be a complete hoe. Sure, okay. Now, which you is the real you? Probably somewhere in the middle. 
I tend to not be in the middle. I'm usually one extreme or the other, but I'm finding myself more and more in the middle now because I don't like either of the extremes. I don't agree with them. I don't agree with the middle, but I don't agree with the extremes more. I know how I feel. I know my thoughts on things. I highly doubt anybody else would know me enough to guess. Because even my closest friends, they're like, oh, I know you would have, whatever. And I go, ah, yeah, that's not what I would have done. It's not what I would have done at all. And they don't seem to understand that what I'm telling them to do in their situation is what I would do. They're like, you would never do that. Really? Then why did I suggest it to you? Because it popped up in my brain. So obviously it's a thought I have. Would I have done it? I don't know. I never know what I'm going to do until the moment I'm doing it. I could walk into a room with a set plan and the speech in my head. And I'm going to walk in cool and I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm going to be very collected. Let them see exactly the professional that I am. And I would walk in there and this has happened. Sit down and the first insult sets me off and I'm like, you listen, you effing. Da, da, da. And I will go off and lose my shit. And you don't expect that <laughs> because I walked in there all like, okay. Like I walked in there with the intention of being calm and cool and collected and you made me into a psychopath. You know, and that's your fault. Now, I knew it was a possibility, but that wasn't what I thought I was going to be like when I was in there. You know, so it's just, again, I like to be as surprised by my words and actions as everybody else. Why should I lose out on the fun? But it is 7.40 at night, and I have to go to sleep so I can get up in the morning. So you wonderful people who made it to the almost two hour mark I would apologize for the cursing but I'm not sorry um, I'm not going to apologize for my language or for my values or my ideas because they're mine I'm sharing them with you you should be grateful instead of just you know salty about everything and do me a favor if you're you know if you're on Facebook or locals or you're listening to this you know on rumble or twitter shoot me a, a text say hi tell me if you enjoyed this or not tell me what you want to hear about because this doesn't work for me without you there's only so long i can talk to myself well i mean all right so that's a freaking lie because i could talk forever but i want someone to have dialogue with I want to exchange ideas. You know, I want to laugh with other people. So, you know, come on, drop me a line. Maybe, you know, we get to be friends. You don't know. But I do know that I'm going to bed and I wish you all well. I wish myself well. And I can't believe it's the last week in September already. I blinked and the whole month is gone. So... Thank you for, you know, listening as long as you did, if you did. I love you all. And I hope you have a wonderful night. And this is Shelly, your mouthy mama, signing off. I'll see you soon. <laughs>